Welcome back to Extra Point here on KDOS AM 1060. As always, follow along with us online at KDOS1060.com and with the KDOS 1060 app. We're popping on out to the KDOS hotline. It's Kyle Soppy, Pro Football Network. Follow all of their work over at pfnbetting.com. Kyle, Bob, and Kayla, I mean, the stakes are high this weekend, but only two games are on the docket. Yeah, we're running out of games here. Three to go in the season. They should be three good ones, but like you said, I, I'm kind of sad. Like, it, these Sundays aren't the same. <laughs> two games feels Feels light on a Sunday, and then we only get one the rest of the way. So I'm I'm looking to make some money this weekend to kind of hold me over until next season. Well, let's get to it here, and we'll start with the AFC Championship game. So Patrick Mahomes, he's sitting here at 243 and a half passing yards. If Joe Tooney though isn't playing, the Ravens' D front could make themselves have a field day. Uh, he's very good, Patrick Mahomes, at eluding pressure and making crazy off-balance throws that are on target. But maybe instead of looking at yards because Mahomes is just so good should we instead look at pass attempts for him which is sitting at 36 and a half I think the pass attempts make sense but I'll go with the yards here because I do think there's going to be some shorter passes and this Baltimore defense is just elite on so many fronts I'm with you that the over on pass attempts could hit but I'm more confident in under on his 243 and a half yards his yards per attempt down 17 percent Win an underdog after Thanksgiving compared to being win an underdog before Thanksgiving. So the weather has something to do with it. He gets a little a little conservative here in the postseason. His ADOT drops about 8% once you get into the postseason from the playoffs. That means a lot of shallow passes, which could rack up the attempts in your path to victory here. But I don't think there's going to be a ton of yards because this Ravens defense is as good as it gets. So I'm going under 243 and a half passing yards. You want to play that with the over attempts? I think – there's a world in which both hit and you're you're looking okay. Okay, so for possible further confusion here, uh, Isaiah Pacheco. Uh, he's been good for us this season, but he isn't practiced Wednesday or Thursday this week with the toe. He's expected to play. The Ravens' defense is good, so we should we consider any Pacheco under props? I think you can go under his rushing yards if you're telling – like, I would almost parlay it with the Ravens winning the game and or covering. I mean, if you're going to go Pacheco, it's less of a health play for me and more of a game script. If you're going to go with Kayla's overpassing attempts for Mahomes, then naturally that's going to lead in to limited number of attempts for Pacheco. So I think you guys get together, make a same game parlay here, go with the Ravens to cover, Mahomes over attempts, Pacheco under rushing yards, and you got yourself a nice little ticket there. Kyle Soppy, Pro Football Network, pfnbetting.com here in the Extra Point. All right, so the Lamar Jackson side of the things here. He's at 66.5 rushing yards, 208.5 passing yards. The rushing angle certainly makes a lot of sense, especially if Willie Gay is limited. The Chiefs gave up some big plays last week to Josh Allen with his legs. Also, his longest rush prop is sitting at 17.5 yards. I think if you're going to go this direction, over 17 and a half for his longest rush makes a lot of sense. You're talking about the Chiefs' second in pressure rate this season. Pressure usually a good thing. I guess Lamar Jackson, I'm not so sure it is. He's gone over this number in four straight games, and we know the explosive pass that he has here. Gus Edwards in that backfield, not really the explosive takes the top off defenses type. You've got receiver. I mean, Mark Andrews is back now, so there's, there's some options there, but that's a lot of short-hitting, quick-passing games. 
if the Chiefs try to heat him up, I could see him getting loose for a, a gain of at least 20 yards. I don't mind going that route. I would go over on longest rush as opposed to r- rushing yards, thinking that they put him in a, in a box in a spy situation and they can hold him in check, but nobody can hold this man, the, the presumptive MVP, in check for 60 minutes. Okay, let me go with the running game for the uh, Ravens. You know, Justice Hill, out of necessity after injuries, uh, has become the Ravens' big play running back. Uh, there's all kinds of, you know, Kayla uses the term, uh, if you, you know, dive into the weeds, or I'm mean, paraphrasing her own, her own, uh, her own you know, comment there, but if you get, get into the weeds a little bit, uh, there's lots of props out there. Is there anything we can use with Justice Hill possibly taking advantage of that? I think you've got to pick your running back here. If you think it's going to be Justice Hill or Gus Edwards, there is avenue for one of them to go over their rushing total, both sitting at under 45 yards right now. That's not a big number in a game that we expect them to be leading. Kansas City gives up at least five yards on almost 36% of running back carries. That's the eighth highest rate in the league. So you don't necessarily need volume in a significant way for one of these running backs to cash a low total here. Just be careful about which one you're picking. Both played on early downs last week, like you said, Justice Hill kind of trending in the right direction. His yardage prop is still 10 yards under that of Gus Edwards. So I don't mind going that avenue if you're going to go with the Ravens running back. Kyle Soppy, Pro Football Network. Follow all of their work over at pfnbetting.com as we're breaking down the AFC Championship game from a prop perspective. Uh, receiving props. Travis Kelsey figured it out last week against the Bills. But I think we were all in agreement with that because the Bills were missing a lot of linebackers. This week, sitting at 62 and a half yards. Um, it's really hard to count out this Mahomes and Kelsey connection. But uh, with the way that this Ravens defense is, how do we, uh, how do we look at this receiving core and the numbers for the receivers for the Chiefs? I think it's Rasheed Rice or kind of pass here. Obviously, none of the other receivers have established themselves as anything. One of them, if not two of them, will eventually make a big play here or there or at least get the chance to. But betting on that's no better than throwing darts here. If you want to go Travis Kelsey, I don't mind that. I'd be more tempted to go reception total than I would yards in any capacity. We haven't seen the big play really from Kelsey all season long. So if you're talking yards, you're not really leaving yourself access to much ceiling because he doesn't have – that big play equity. It's been since mid-October since he had a 30-yard catch. I mean, that's, that's a long time to be banking. So if you're going over on the yards, you're basically betting on receptions as it is. So I'm going to go receptions over on Kelsey if you're going that direction. If you're looking at the yardage prop, though, I would be more tempted to go under than over. Okay, the other game, the uh, NFC game, uh, Jared Goff is everybody seems, I'm sure, to know at this point. He's excelled at home. Not as good on the road. Can we address that this week somehow? Yeah, I think you have to go under on pretty much everything golf-related. The only reason to think that he gets the 260 passing or two multiple passing touchdowns or anything like that is that you're telling yourself that the 49ers are dominating this game, which personally I think very well could happen. But the way you get to the 49ers right now is on the ground. And if Detroit's going to – I mean, the total doesn't suggest that Detroit's going to make this a grinded-out kind of game, but that might be their best path to victory in any in any sense. I don't think their way to remaining competitive here is to have Goff air it out 40, 42, 43 times. So I'm going under on just about everything Goff-related. 
Kyle Soppy, Pro Football Network, PFNBetting.com. I do want to go back to the AFC game for just a second here because we're seeing two really good kickers in this game. Uh, they have great histories in the playoffs as well as being great kickers in cold weather. Justin Tucker sitting at over under seven and a half points. Harrison Butker over under six and a half points. Does anything stand out to you about either of these kickers? It's funny. I think the confidence in the kickers, you're on to something here, but the potency of both offenses could also make these coaching staffs be overly aggressive. So I've got it in my same game parlay this week that there will not be a touchdown scored in every quarter. And part of that is because of these kickers. You get close, you look at Bucker, like you said, he's been accurate all season long, 39 out of 41 this season. You go on the other side, I don't have to sell you on Justin Tucker. He's only 50 out of 53 at home since 2021. That's over 94%. So you're looking at two elite kickers here. There's no need to really force the issue early on, understanding that there's going to be scoring opportunities. It's juiced heavily to not get a touchdown in every quarter, but I think it's a good play to put on the same game parlays. There's a lot of these websites that require you to put a third leg into these SGPs to get boosts, bonuses, whatever. I'm using that advantage, throwing that in there to, you know, up the payout a little bit. Okay, back to the other game. Uh, the Lions have unleashed Jameer Gibbs over the last month or so. Is there any remaining value attacking Gibbs props this week? I, I don't think that there's a ton there. Again, you got to be telling yourself a story where they remain competitive to get him there on the rushing. If you want to go over longest rushing attempt, think that he breaks one, I think it's possible. But his total, is it's surpassed Montgomery at this point. He's at 48 and a half, Montgomery at 42. If I'm attacking this backfield, I just want one carry. I want either a long carry for Gibbs or a touchdown for Montgomery. I think that's the way to play this as opposed to playing the volume game where you need access and you need access to a bunch of carries here, which I don't think is going to happen if San Fran holds the lead, holds the ball, limits the possession count for the Lions that you mentioned indoors versus outdoors, very different scoring environment. I don't think the Lions put a ton of points on the board that inherently limits the potential in the running game. So we're not certain what's happening with Debo Samuel and his availability. Uh, regardless if he is available or not, I could see a scenario where you try to get Christian McCaffrey involved in the screen game to also try to offset Aiden Hutchinson and the Lions pass rush. Also, the uh, plenty of different safety blitzes that have been coming coming in the, the playoffs here for Aaron Glenn on the defensive side of the ball. So at 34 and a half for Christian McCaffrey, is that worth taking a look at? I like the angle here. I think you're in the right zip code, wrong house, though. I'm going to go with Brandon Ayuk over Christian McCaffrey. I don't mind McCaffrey. It's just they can get him the ball in so many ways. Some of those swing, swing passes, they look like passes, and then it's, ah, it's just behind the line of scrimmage, and it counts as a rush. So that kind of hurts. Brandon Ayuk has been dynamite in these spots. San Francisco has played five games against bottom 12 pass defenses this year. He's caught 79% of his targets in those games. He's averaging almost 120 receiving yards in those games, he's gone over 110 in four of those five games with a 28-yard catch or greater in all of them. So, I mean, you're looking at Brandon Ayuk in that feature role. Whether Debo Samuel's active or not, I would actually wait to place this one. I think Debo Samuel's going to play. So, as we get closer, if that becomes clear, Ayuk's number could drop a little bit. Same could happen for McCaffrey. So, I would wait on the San Francisco receiving props for now. Wait till Debo, if he's activated, then pounce. I think you could be on the right track here with McCaffrey or Ayuk. I personally prefer Ayuk. 
Okay, I'm kind of with you on the Ayuk thing. I'm also still curious about George Kittle. He's been much better at home than he has been on the road. They came through last week with the anytime touchdown that we talked about. The Lions have had significant issues in some games this year, and I mean significant, with tight ends. So how about the anytime touchdown again for Kittle? I don't mind that. I mean, the case for Kittle is pretty straightforward. I don't think you take his traditional props really in any sense, because he's either going to go over or under these numbers by like 30 or 40 or 50 yards. We saw 81 yards last week. So his game before, 29. The game before that, 126. So he's going to be all over the place. If you want to isolate the touchdown, I don't mind that angle. I do prefer that if Debo Samuel is out. With Debo there, you've got another rushing threat on the ground. You've got the short passing attack. You've got the yak monster that is just impossible to bring down in those short yardage situations. So you've got my interest in Kittle. If Debo's out, if Debo's in, not as sold. Defensively, Nick Bosa is a whopping minus 210 to record a sack, so there's not a whole lot of value there. Aiden Hutchinson is uh, uh, to record a sack at minus 120. Is there anything that you would do defensively here? Or I guess I could also throw in the AFC Championship game. Anything you would do defensively on that side of the ball? I think if you're going to target this spot, a guy like Aiden Hutchinson makes some sense. But he doesn't check either box here. Brock Purdy, not really a threat to run. And I expect Aiden Hutchinson and the Lions to be playing from behind. So if you're going to go the defensive route, I prefer to take a Chief or realistically only a Chief. You're playing a mobile quarterback here. We expect the Chiefs to be competitive. I, I do think they lose that game, but they should be competitive. In that environment, you're better off for a sack because you've got Lamar Jackson could run into a sack. Brock Purdy is not going to do that for Aiden Hutchinson especially if they're playing from behind by a score or two. Okay, back to the just two games this week angle. And quite frankly, I'm having a rough time handicapping both these games and don't have a whole lot. So that's one of the reasons I have fewer questions. But uh, I'm I'm, I'm probably fishing here, but Josh Reynolds has come up in our conversations the last couple of weeks. Anything Reynolds or, you know, Niners third wide receiver, Juwan Jennings, if Samuel is out this week? Jennings would be more interesting. I can't get there on Josh Reynolds. The profile is just not there with Donovan Peoples-Jones in the mix. There's a lot of moving pieces here. If you're going to go Reynolds, you're telling yourself the story that they fall behind and it's pass heavy early and often. And if you're going to go that route, I would just prefer to go Jared Goff instead of trying to throw a dart and hit it on the right next receiver. Sam Laporta seems reasonably healthy. Amon Ross St. Brown, I like his under, but he's clearly the target volume in that spot. And Jameer Gibbs out of the backfield, too. So I'm not messing around with third receivers here. Jawan Jennings, if I have to pick one. But to be honest with you, none of them are getting my money this week. Kyle Soppy, Pro Football Network. Follow all of their work over at pfnbetting.com. So they offer up some really interesting, fun props for the whole weekend here, like the highest scoring team with the 49ers at minus 120, Ravens plus 280, Lions plus 550, Chiefs plus 700. Game theory obviously comes into play here for both of these contests and then figuring out if there's any value left after the game theory. Lowest scoring team is Chiefs at plus 135, Lions plus 175, Ravens plus 380 and 49ers at 10 to 1. So break down for us what you kind of think game theory wise and if you see any value in any of these directions. Yeah, I mean, obviously to play in these markets, you have to pick your winner before you do anything. You're not going to say the 49ers are going to win and then they're going to be the lowest scoring team (laughs) on the field, even at the high price tag here. But in the prices you just gave me, I like the Ravens to be the highest scoring team there. Obviously, you're 
you're kind of picking from two teams here if you think that the Ravens and 49ers are going to win. I do think that Patrick Mahomes has a greater chance to kind of push the Ravens in a need-to-score situation over Jared Goff against the 49ers. You guys mentioned, Bob, you mentioned Goff on the road here. Not the same. If Detroit can't get past 15, 17 points, what is to motivate the 49ers to get into the mid-30s? I, I don't see that happening even with the high total. They're vulnerable. Them, the 49ers, are vulnerable on the ground, not so much through the air. They could very much force the Lions to be one-dimensional. I could see that being like a 30-10 to 10 kind of game. If the Ravens and Chiefs got up and going and they're shooting out, Patrick Mahomes is having himself a day running around the MVP and Lamar Jackson is making plays against a high-pressure Chiefs defense that could let him, you know, could have bigger plays than normal for this offense. I think that game's got a better chance to shoot out, better game, better chance to be competitive down the stretch, which means pushing the ball down the field, which means being aggressive in the later stages of the game. And that's realistically all I'm looking for, to be the highest-scoring team on this slate. I want you to be aggressive and in an advantageous spot for all four quarters. To me, at plus 280, the Ravens offer that. And finally here, Kyle, before we let you go, is there anything that uh, we haven't touched on that you really like or stands out to you? I mentioned it quickly. I think Amon Ross St. Brown under 85 and a half receiving yards is interesting. I understand he's one of the best receivers in all of football right now. And he's been virtually unstoppable. He gets double-digit targets every single week. But Detroit's played four games against top 12 defenses, which is or top 12 pass defenses, which is obviously what they're going to see here. 6.4 yards per attempt, and he never got to 80 yards in any of those games. You're talking six and a half yards in an attempt. You're going to have to see 13, 14 targets. That's a tall order to assume that that's what he's going to have, and that's only if he gets to the 6.4 that he's been averaging per target. If it's even lower than that, he might have to flirt with 20 targets to get to this number. Not a fan of Amon Ross St. Brown in this spot. Like him overall, like him for fantasy, all that good stuff, under 85 and a half receiving yards this weekend against the 49ers. Kyle, as always, we greatly appreciate you taking the time to join us, break everything down in a simplistic way for us to understand, and let's get ourselves some winners in the uh, NFL championship weekend. Let's do it. And then we got the Super Bowl, which is uh, we could go, we could talk for a half hour on Super Bowl props alone. <laughs> that is absolutely the truth. Looking forward to doing that with you, uh, but we'll have a good Sunday first. Sounds good. All right, Kyle Soppy there, Pro Football Network. Follow all of their work over at pfnbetting.com.